Please turn your Bible to First John chapter 3. We're going to continue from where we left off last week. I'm going to begin by reading verse 3. The Apostle John writes there. In fact, no, let me go up to verse 2. I won't go all the way up to verse 1. Uh, <laughs> he says, First John chapter 3 and verse 2, he says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. That's a blessing, isn't it? Amen. We don't have to stay this way. Hallelujah. He says, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he, as he is. In other words, there's going to be something about seeing him that's going to give us a revelation of what we're meant to look like. Amen. And so in verse three, he goes on to say, and everyone who has this hope in him, the hope of what? The hope of we shall be like him. Amen. All right. He says, everyone who has this hope in him, purifies himself just as he is pure. Now that's she as well. Okay, add the she in there. All right. Now, we're looking at what does it mean when the Apostle John says, as he is pure. Because our definition of purity and his definition of purity, that is God's definition of purity, might be very different. In fact, I'm going to challenge you guys today with something that, you know, normally, normally, in quotes, okay, when you hear things like this, you'd go, oh, that is a spiritual person. Everybody's going, oh, oh. <laughs> we thought it was bad last week. All right. <laughs> Remember, again, we're looking at just a few things from the Sermon on the Mount because I don't have time to preach the whole thing. Uh, it'll take about a year to preach it, probably more. Um, but I, I'm just wanna, I just want to pick a few things out. And today we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Remember Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are the Sermon on the Mount. There's a lot of information there. And tremendous things there, in fact. But we're going to look at, um, in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 1. So we're going to be looking at doing the right thing with a wrong motive. So these things, there's nothing wrong with any of what I'm going to talk about, except the motivation behind doing them. Remember again that we talked about, first of all, doing wrong things. Stay away from doing all the wrong things. What we have to be careful once we get to this place is becoming proud of how well we're doing all the right things. And then, you know, subtly and maybe not so subtly advertising it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. So in Matthew chapter 6, let's begin in verse 1. Jesus says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Now, let me just say this to begin with. The charitable deeds mentioned here are no different to the good works Jesus made reference to in Matthew chapter 5, the previous chapter, verse 16. Can you please have a look there? Matthew 5, 16, where he says, let your, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I know somebody thought about that and thought, hang on a second. On one hand, he says, let him see it. On the other hand, he says, don't let him see it. We're confused. Are you confused? My job is to confuse you, then unconfuse you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let me unconfuse you now. All right. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, Jesus is encouraging us to be seen doing good works in order to bring glory to God, not ourselves. Do you understand? Notice it says that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right. 
He warns us, however, to be careful not to parade our piety by performing charitable deeds for the purpose of being seen by others. See, that's a whole nother thing. So, you know, what we want to be seen to be doing is the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And for people to look at it, look at that and say, wow, now there's a Christian. That's what I want to be like. Instead of the other. You know, sometimes Christians behave so badly, they go, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be that. We don't want to be that. Okay, amen. All right. All right. But we, let, we've got past that. That was last week. All right. <laughs> okay. This week we're doing good things. Okay. We, we, we got there now. We've got past all of our problems and, and everything else. And we're, now we're doing good things. Except sometimes we feel like we don't get recognized for all the good things we do. Sound like some people at work. I do all this stuff and nobody sees what I'm doing. Hello. God sees. You know, that's one of the things that we really need to be careful about. Pray that the right people see you doing the right thing, if that's what you need. All right? So that, you know, the enemy doesn't... The enemy is always lying. Let me, let me, let me say it this way. All right? And so sometimes we feel like, you know, people aren't seeing what we're doing, and he'll lie to you that nobody sees what you're doing. Can I say this? If you're doing things with the right heart and the right motive, God will make sure people see you when you're not looking. <laughs> see, that's a problem, isn't it? We want to see people looking at us while we're looking. God says walk by faith and not by sight. We go, I want a little bit of sight, please. <laughs> you know? And it's funny, if you do the right thing for the right reason, without wanting to be recognized, it's interesting the way things go. Because when people know that you're not looking, when they're looking, and you are doing something extraordinary, it means more to them. Because they, they know you weren't doing it to impress them. You were just doing it because it was the right thing to do. You're here. That's what Jesus is trying to train us in, and his disciples in what he's saying here. So, in his, in his commentary, I like this, the Full Life Study Bible says, the principle stated here concerns the Christian's motive for doing righteousness. If any believer, whether layman or minister, us too, does good for the admiration of others or for selfish reasons, he will lose his reward and praise from God. Do you notice the two things he loses? Reward and praise from God. Instead, he will stand exposed as a hypocrite who, under the guise of giving glory to God, is really seeking glory for himself. Amen. Wow. See, this is very hard to see. A lot of times, you know, people out there, as, you know, one of the things that concerns me, can I, I'm getting on a soapbox. I let you guys know when I'm on a soapbox, don't I? I'm getting on one, okay, just for a second. <laughs> okay. It concerns me sometimes when people televise their good deeds. I'm just saying to you, you know, because, you know, it's like, oh, see how nice I am. See how good I am. And like that guy doesn't do that, but I do this stuff. I actually saw a program that actually did that. Saying, well, see, those people are doing all, you know, they were criticizing, you know, preachers that we know. And so well, we don't do that. See, this is what we do. And as soon as they did that, I thought you lost your reward. Interesting, isn't it? While they're trying to defend themselves 
and make themselves better than others, they're doing exactly what Jesus said don't do. Amen. So he, that person, I'm saying, that person is going to get to heaven and be shocked when they don't get their reward. I hope they get to heaven. Just saying. <laughs> okay? Because they're going to say, but Lord, and he goes, yes, everybody saw it. Well, <laughs> let me read this. I love the way William McDonald puts it. He says, it is not the deed that Jesus condemns, but the motive. If public notice is the motivating factor, then it is the only reward, listen, for God will not reward hypocrisy. Amen, brother. Amen. So everybody's sweating now. It's like, oh man, can't even do the right thing. <laughs> okay? No, no, no. Jesus is going to clarify, go on to say in verse 2, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. He says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, he says, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do, or literally are in the habit of doing in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their rewards. Now, in other words, listen, as a regular practice, these scribes and Pharisees would draw attention to themselves in some outrageous fashion and in the most public of places, synagogues and streets, before giving their offerings. Now, this is no different today for people who stand up, you know, in front of the church. I have seen this too, by the way. I'm giving you examples of things I have seen. These are not made up things. And make a public display of handing over a large sum of money to the pastor for some project or building, you know, program or whatever that they may be raising money for. I, I, you know, the, the incidents I'm thinking of right now is this person had this massive Piece of paper, like a check, printed out. It was huge. Like this. Okay, I can't use two hands because I got a mic in this one. Okay, <laughs> And they stood there with the big amount on a big check with the pastor, taking pictures and videotaping it. This is what we're doing to help the church. That's all the reward you're going to get. Are you all here? This is why, you know, I know it's annoying. I know sometimes you guys want to just advertise. Look, I'm giving this much. Okay, it's, this is a lot of my stuff I'm giving. Hey, man, listen. For it to mean something. For God to reward it. Listen. It needs to be done in secret. I know you hate that. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you signed up for. Okay? That's what brings the blessings. That what, that's what causes your mountains to move. When you turn around and look at a mountain and you say, get, it gets. Do you know why? Because there's nothing, nothing getting in the way of your faith. Your heart is pure. Remember we're talking about him pure, you know, being pure just as he is pure. Your heart is pure before God. And the mountain knows it. Isn't it interesting? If, listen to me. If mountains can hear you, it means they've got ears. It means there's something about them. All things were created by him and for him. We have classifications, you know, of things that are animate, non-animate, you know, things that are, uh, you know, alive and things that we think are dead. We think are dead. We think are dead. They're not. (laughs) Okay? We think a mountain is just dead rock. Funny, when you speak to the thing, it will move. It understands words. 
I won't go any further. Anyway, it's freaking me out already. Pastor, this is enough. Okay, we're challenging our thinking too much today. All right, back to this. According to Jesus, if people truly gave unto God, the last thing they would want is to be publicly acknowledged. Seriously, family. In fact, in his commentary, Leon Morris, uh, quoting Swartz, writes, Christian giving, listen to, listen to this, is to be marked by self-sacrifice and self-forgetfulness, not by self-congratulation. Did you get the two selves in the front? Self-sacrifice and self-forgetfulness. In other words, don't walk around thinking, oh, now I gave that much, and I gave that much that day, and I get, you know, <laughs> hey, be careful of that. See, you need to know you gave it to God. That's the thing you remember. Not I gave it to Andrew, now he owes me. No, no, God told me to give this to you, but, you know, I still gave it to you. So you have to appreciate it, and you have to bless me. And if I see you doing better than me, I'll get upset. If you don't bless me. I'm just saying what people think. Oh, is that just me? No. <laughs> okay. Hey, we have to be careful of this stuff, family. This is the stuff that gets us in trouble. Amen? Amen. We came to church because you need to learn. All right? So I'm teaching you. All right. <laughs> Going on. That's the reason Jesus concludes by saying in the last half of verse 2, that if all you're after is glory from men, then for all you're giving, that's all you're ever going to get. All right? Leon Morris concludes by explaining the phrase, they have their reward is an expression, listen, that employs the ordinary commercial term for receipt and is a lively way of, of bringing out the truth that these hypocrites have received all the reward they're going to get for this good deed. He continues, they sought the praise of men, they received the praise of men. There is nothing more to come. They cannot expect a heavenly reward in addition for they have already been paid in full. Got it? Okay, I thought that was good. All right, moving on to verse 3. So, how is it that we're meant to give? Jesus says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed, verse 4, may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. We'll just stop there for today. I want to read a commentary again, okay? <laughs> William Hendrickson says this. He says that, the expression, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, refers to the fact that as much as possible, a person must keep his voluntary contribution a secret, not only to others, but even to himself. That is, he should forget about it instead of saying in his heart, what a good person I am. Pat, 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 pat. <laughs> okay? Amen. These are just little things that we fall into. See, and listen to me. The way this is meant to work is this. When you do the right thing, then you have a pure conscience before God. You don't do it to keep track of what you're doing. You do it so that whenever you stand up and you declare to a mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, there isn't anything in your heart that's saying, oh yeah, but when God asked you to do that, you didn't do it. Do you get it? It isn't that you remember something in order to move a mountain with, is that there's nothing there to condemn you when you're moving a mountain. Because you've done the best that you can with what you knew. See, God doesn't hold you accountable for doing stuff you don't know to do. If you don't know, you don't know. 
Somebody else might have might be thinking, listen, somebody else might be thinking, oh, they should have done this. But if that person actually didn't know, then God's not going to go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, no, I'm not going to reward that. Because this person thought that, <laughs> okay? He's never going to uh, reward you according to somebody else's thinking. That's why some people get mad. How come I did this? They did less. They got blessed. I didn't. That's why, because you're looking, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Listen, family, the only person that you are responsible for is you. Amen. Don't worry about everybody else. You, and let me just say this while we're on this topic here a little bit. Okay, <laughs> let me just say this. Also be careful how you decide you're going to live your life based on how somebody else is getting rewarded or not rewarded. You don't know how they are, who they are, what they're doing, what their motivations are. Don't look at somebody and say, well, they tithed for 20 years and got nothing back. Oh, now we know why. Just saying, okay? Listen, man. And like I said, your tithe comes back in different ways. Don't take for granted the blessings that you are walking in, that you are in the habit of walking in, that you take for granted... And when some little thing goes wrong, you go, oh my God, <laughs> okay? Don't do so. Listen, you don't know the 600 things that went right. So one thing gets through. Are you perfect? Thank you. <laughs> Thou shall be blessed. <laughs> Listen, it isn't that God is imperfect. We're the ones that have a problem on our side. And so things get through, not because he's not watchful, not because he's not looking after it's because we stepped out of the light. We've talked about this before. I won't go back over that. But anyway. All right. So let's move on. As a side note, by using the word secret in relation to giving, I like the the Ryrie Study Bible actually says this, that Jesus may have also been referring to the fact that Jewish tradition said that there was in the temple a chamber of secrets into which the devout used to put their gifts in secret so that the poor could receive support from there in secret. Don't you love that? Doesn't that just bring that one alive? You know, I began to realize, and in reading that, that really resonated with me. And I thought, wouldn't that be the perfect thing, that when you're giving to the poor, that there is a place that you can go when nobody's looking, and you can leave your gift there. And on the other side of the curtain, the poor come and go, oh, thank God, there's something there. I am very hungry today. And they don't know who gave it. Amen? So the person that gave and the person that receives it don't know each other. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, just something to think about. Now, (laughs) following the righteous act of charitable giving, done with the right heart now. Okay, so you know how to do that. Jesus goes on to the subject of prayer. Now, you know, if somebody says they're praying, you just think they're spiritual. I mean, maybe in the giving now that you understand, you think, oh yeah, okay, so maybe they could be messed up. But don't tell me about prayer. I mean, thank God I'm actually praying. I mean, how many people don't pray? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I won't ask you to put your hands up. All right. <clears throat> Remember, these are disciples. Remember that we are all meant to be disciples of Christ. Amen? We all need this. I'm trying to teach you something that will help you to get to your miracle. If you have ears to hear, hear. Okay? All right. So, Jesus now goes on to say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. 
He says, when you pray, I like when Jesus, Jesus said, didn't say if you pray. He said, when? He said, I'm assuming you're praying. Oh, do we need to talk about that? <laughs> no, no, we're good with that, Jesus. All right, okay. So, wait, I told you we're in the place that we're doing all the right things, okay? All right, we're good. We're, we're there now. He says, when you pray, he says, you shall not be like the hypocrites. You can just think of, think Peter going, now what? You know, <laughs> come on, man. What, what do you mean? You can pray hypocritically. Don't do this to us. It was hard enough praying. Just saying, okay. He says, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets. See, now that's interesting, isn't it? I'm sure Pete would never do that. Peter would not do that. John wouldn't do that. See, suddenly Jesus is clarifying something and going, oh, yeah, right, I get it. Yeah, you know, that just always bothered me when I had to walk past. I'll give you some insight that will bless you. He says that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So the same thing at the end, okay, as before. Now, in relation to hypocrites, Leon Morris says that the word signifies those who profess to do pious, a pious action, but do so with their eye on people when they should be concerned with God only. Okay? He goes and add, since prayers were to be offered as prescri- at prescribed times, here's, here it is, okay? It was not beyond the ingenuity of some to order their affairs so that they would be in a public place at the time of prayer and thus compelled to pray where they would be seen. Okay, can I, let me, let me unpack that for you a little bit. Okay. So according to Jewish tradition, there were times of prayer. If I had time, I'd go and talk to you about all that. Daniel brings some of that out, but we don't have time for all that today. Okay. All right. Because we're talking about purity today. All right. In other words, right? He's saying that there were, there were specific times for them to pray. So what they would do is this. They'd work out, okay, the ingenuity, all right? They would work out that, okay, at 2 o'clock I need to pray. So if I were to be walking past this particular point, so it takes me, you know, 3.5 minutes to go from here to there, 2.5 to go there, 3.0, this is how clever they were. And I could be at this point, at this corner, very public, at 2 p.m., Looking like I was going about my business and, oh, look, it's two o'clock. I have to pray. Uh, and he starts praying. So everybody in a corner. Do you understand a corner? You get people from this side and that side seeing you. This is a prime location. <laughs> okay? Right time, prime location. Let's go for it. Get it? I know none of you do this. So don't worry. All right, don't sweat. Okay. (laughs) But I want you to see what Jesus is on about. And I want you to extend that now and be careful that you're not looking for people to see you when you're praying. Any corporate prayer time should just be an extension of your normal prayer time. Amen? So that when you come, you're already prayed up. You all heard that term? Okay, you already prayed up and you come and you follow the spirit. And if brother so-and-so has prayed over something, don't try it. I'll pray him. Go on to the next thing. (laughs) Okay, we're here to do a job. Not to see somebody doing a job and say we can do a better job at that. But to say, all right, that's done. Let's go on to the next thing. Amen. Amen. Let's go on. Similar to this is what Robert H. Mount says, 
And that is apparently the hypocrites would plan their day so as to be seen in some conspicuous place when it was time to pray on a busy street corner or in the square. They would lift their hands to God and display their devotion to all who were passing by. Like those who called attention to their acts of charity, Jesus says, these play actors have too been paid in full. Wow. Get it? In fact, that's what the word hypocrite means, play actors. Do you all know that? Okay. It comes from the Greek theater and literally means to speak from behind the mask and describes a person who would hold a mask in front of their face with either a smile or a frown, that's a mask, okay? Thereby disguising who they really were and would play act for the audience. Let me give you a little bit more insight into that. A lot of times what they would do is this. You would actually, they would come out with a mask. This is very, very well done. They would come up with a mask maybe that displayed, um, you know, a righteous person. Let's use that word, okay? But what they would do is this. While the people on the stage were looking at that righteous mask, they would turn to the audience and go, <laughs> and the audience would straight away know that the face they're putting on isn't who they really are. That they are up to something no good. Do you all understand? So when Jesus uses this term, he's saying, you know how when you go to the theater and you see this going on, that they have this mask sitting there and everybody assumes, oh, that's the right, this is a good person. This is the hero. He's all in white. But then he turns around away from his masks and shows a whole nother side. And then you go, oh, no, the damsel is now in distress. <laughs> okay, she got problems, Bob. <laughs> okay, this guy isn't who he says he is. That is the picture that goes through their head when Jesus says this. Don't be like the hypocrites. Get it? Okay. See, that was worth coming to church for. <laughs> I hope. All right. That's what Jesus meant again <clears throat> when he said, You shall not be like the hypocrites. Because he didn't want his disciples becoming professional actors and doing what these hypocrites did. Having people marvel at their spiritual performance. Amen? And so once again, Jesus goes on to describe the right way of doing the right thing by saying in Matthew 6, 6, but, when, but you, when you pray, go into your room. I mean, Matthew 6, 6. And when you have shut your door, when you have shut your door, when nobody can see you, get it? Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't you love that? If you do it in secret, God will reward you openly. If you do it in public, you get nothing. Get it? Amen? All right. See, these are, if we can just understand these concepts and these precepts, we will begin to understand what the Apostle John meant when he said, that we need to be pure as He is pure. And I want to take all your ideas of purity and bring them to a place where Jesus says, this is purity. Amen? So that you know what the Lord is looking for. See, because God, listen to me. As I said to you before, God won't hold, if you've done this before, don't sweat. <laughs> okay? You didn't know. Maybe that's the reason why some of your mountains aren't moving. Because you've been doing some things and you didn't realize it. 
and you know, it's, there's been trouble there and you're saying, God, can you please show me why there's a problem here? I don't understand. I'm doing all the right things and I'm still, you know, I'm still got troubles everywhere. Has anybody had that thought? You just feel like you're doing it right and doing it right and doing it right and still not getting the result you want. I'm trying to help you here with that. Amen? Amen. That's all I'm doing. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I just want you to get to a place where Satan can't fool you. Where Satan won't come up with the, see, you did all this right and God didn't keep his word to bless you. You need to say, yeah, but it's also written. Hallelujah. I'm giving you the also written's now. All right. Amen. How much time do I have? I can't go on to the next thing, can I? I'm done? Three minutes. Okay. Let's, let's finish on this because <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is fasting. And everybody will go, oh no, give us a break. I mean, if anybody does without food, they got to be spiritual. Don't go there. I won't today. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> next week, nobody turns up. Anyway, <laughs> we'll finish with this today, shall we? <laughs> All right. All right. In his commentary. Leon Morris writes, Jesus is giving direction for one's own prayers and indicating that they are to be undertaken with a single eye on God, not with a side glance at people who could be impressed. Every precaution is to be taken that the prayer should be unobserved. Listen to this. I love this. The secret of religion is religion is secret. Please check your life. Check your motives. Amen? Because I want you to get to the place where we become that glorious church. The Apostle Paul said that that's what God is waiting for. A glorious church. You understand a glorious church is one that has the devil under its feet. One that the devil comes, listen, and finds nothing in them. Just like you couldn't find anything in Jesus, he finds nothing in you and it frustrates him. Because you can go on and plunder his kingdom and he can't do anything about it. Are you all with me? Amen. That's the sort of people that come from this. Hallelujah. Remember Peter was one of those people that was listening to this. And we know following the day of Pentecost, people would that even if they got into the vicinity of his shadow would be getting healed. That needs to be true of us as well. Not just lay hands on them. Let's let a shadow pass by them and they'll get healed. Hallelujah. You think it's impossible. It isn't. It takes little corrections in your life to get you there. Amen. And they're little things. God doesn't ask you to do big things. And I'm not asking you this, that either. Just do something little. Change something small in your life today. And then something small next week. And something small the week after. You'll have made 52 changes by the end of the year. Trust me, you'll be different. You may not see it because it's so small to you. But your life will show it. And the power in your life will show it. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the wisdom and insight that we are gaining. And I thank you, Father, that we will not be forgetful hearers, but doers of the word. Hallelujah. Because that's where the blessing is. And Lord, I want every single person in the sound of my voice to receive their blessing, to receive what you have for them so that they bring glory to you. 
not to themselves, but to you. And we thank you, Jesus, that all of this is possible because of what you did. If not for your death on the cross, we wouldn't have this blessing, this potential in our life. And we want to make the most of it. We want to walk in the fullness of all of it. In Jesus' name, in your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.